The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back, Buffalo Bills fans. It's Matt Warren, editor-in-chief at buffalorumblings.com and the host of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. The Buffalo Bills have officially made it to at least the preseason. We have some semblance of Buffalo Bills football in the books now that the Buffalo Bills have defeated the Indianapolis Colts in Orchard Park this past Saturday. As we continue into the preseason and the regular season, it would really help me if we got your questions. You can send those in on our voicemail line or text line at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at rumblingsq&a. That is with the and spelled out in the middle. Email us buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. There are plenty of ways to get in touch with the show, and we would love to hear from you. It's much, much more interesting when we get some great, great questions from our listeners. Okay, I didn't do a regular, like, big observations from the game or, you know, X number of takeaways from the game because I didn't watch it live. Um, It was my father-in-law's birthday, so I was following along on Twitter like a lot of you all do during the game and then uh, rewatched it later. So I didn't post those over at buffalorumblings.com. I know some folks are a little bit worried about a a, a couple different positions on the roster, really. Um, But just kind of like the overarching thing I'm seeing is you you don't worry too much about what you saw in, say, the first quarter when the Buffalo Bills backups were facing the Indianapolis Colts starters. You got to remember the Colts were like a few plays away from being a playoff team last year and so when their starters are beating our backups uh, I don't think that's anything to get too concerned about I will say it was really cool to see the Bills depth players come back and not only tie the game but win the game in the end it's obviously important to Sean McDermott that the Buffalo Bills win preseason games Um, he you know let let the dogs loose a little bit uh, in the fourth quarter and uh you know, wasn't worried necessarily about seeing certain aspects of of the running game or different parts of the offense. They they were trying to win that game. Make no mistake about it. And you know, they had the second longest streak of preseason wins in the NFL, second only to the Baltimore Ravens. So it's clear that you know Sean McDermott, John Harbaugh, and a few other coaches really prioritize winning in the preseason. 
the Bills weren't going to put their starters in to ensure that. You know, they don't find it that way, but I think they find value in the competitive aspect of playing to win those preseason games. And Case Keenum, who started the game at quarterback, um, said the exact same thing after the game, that every time he goes out there, he's trying to win. And um, the Bills did that. They were able to pull it out in the end uh, with some really well-placed passes uh, from Matt Barkley and some nice runs by Raheem Blackshear. Among others, please don't interpret that as me um, you know, trashing anybody else or ignoring anybody else, but uh, you know, Blackshear scored the two touchdowns, and I thought Matt Barkley did a really nice job down the stretch. All right, here's one or two interesting notes that I had from that preseason game. O.J. Howard playing into the fourth quarter of that preseason game kind of raised my eyebrow. Um, he's going to be the second tight end on the roster his entire three million dollar contract is guaranteed so it would have to be a heck of a football decision to release him when they already are going to have to pay him his entire 2022 salary anyway unless they were able to trade him that would clear 1.95 million in base salary off the books but then you're adding say a guy like tommy sweeney or Quentin Morris to the roster who's making a million. So you're saving less than a million dollars or around a million dollars in salary cap space by trading OJ Howard. I don't know. I I don't see that as a possibility, but seeing him play in the fourth quarter against the Indianapolis Colts deep reserves was striking is the wrong word. It was surprising to me because we've just had these high expectations of OJ Howard but he just didn't have a very overwhelming training camp. In fact, it was pretty underwhelming. And so maybe, maybe there's a possibility that O.J. Howard ends up on the outside looking in or gets traded here down the stretch. I still find that a little bit hard to believe. I think more likely Dawson Knox was a healthy scratch and they sat him down as the clear number one uh, tight end. They didn't have Reggie Gilliam taking offensive snaps on Saturday. Uh Tommy Sweeney came up a little bit lame, a little bit hobbled in the fourth quarter and was dealing with some sort of you know injury or whether short term or you know medium term. Um, so they just kept Howard in. Um, they had already made their decision on Jalen Watermeyer and we're gonna cut him. They only played him what six snaps on offense. So maybe that kind of confluence of, of reasons kept OJ Howard into the game just looking around the tight end room they didn't have anybody else to go in so um, that's something to keep an eye on in this second preseason game and the third preseason game moving forward the other position group i wanted to talk about was the wide receiver the depth wide receiver there's not a whole lot of roster spots available on this team right now but if you look at that depth wide receiver job i think the battle between Jake Kumaro and Isaiah Hodgins is on in full. Hodgins had an absolutely great training camp. Uh, he played really, really well in this game against the Indianapolis Colts as well. And you couple that with the fact that Kumaro had that costly fumble in the game against the Colts. And I think you're starting to see maybe Isaiah Hodgins pull ahead. Can he provide enough special teams value to take Kumaro's spot when Kumaro does so much on special teams. So that's, I think, the biggest question and something we frankly don't really know. We don't watch that in practices over the next few weeks, but it's at least something that's interesting to look at when Kumaro has that fumble in a key moment in the game. Late last week, 
I had both of them making my 53-man roster that I put out at the end of training camp. So maybe it's not a roster battle between the two of them. Maybe it's a roster battle between the two of them and a sixth linebacker or a tenth offensive lineman. And so it's not just the two of them that are fighting for a spot. They, they're fighting with other people for like the 53rd or 52nd spot on the roster. So just something to keep an eye on is Jake Kumaro's stock is going down, Isaiah Hodgins' stock going up. I don't want to stay on offense for the entire time I'm breaking down this game, but I thought Zach Moss had a really, really nice game and warranted a mention here as well. Uh, we had thought that maybe he was going to be like that game day inactive, and he still might be on certain games, but he's really proving a point, uh, proving his case that he not just is going to make this 53-man roster, but deserves a role on game day. So I wanted to at least mention him. All right, let's flip to the defensive side of the ball where Boogie Basham really had a nice game. He had that forced fumble that Terrell Bernard took back for the touchdown, but that wasn't his only nice play from the game. He just had a really solid game against the Indianapolis Colts, and he's had a decent training camp. I think he's the fourth defensive end right now, passing Shaq Lawson for sure. Um, He hasn't had as, as nice of a camp as A.J. Epinesa, who still remains that third defensive end. But Basham at least showing that he can do something uh, is enough to get him off the inactive list, which is where he spent a good chunk of the season in 2021. The last guy I wanted to talk about before we get into the questions for this week, Matt Ariza. The Bills punter may have won the job this week with an 82-yard punt. It went, what, 80-something yards in the air, landed over the returner's head and rolled into the end zone for a 62-yard net punt. Uh, The Bills will take that every single time, as Ariza said after the game. He's like, yeah, I would have loved it if it stopped at the one or the two, but it went into the end zone, and I still got 62 yards out of it. I'm paraphrasing him, but uh, he's right, of course. The Buffalo Bills being able to flip the field like that if the offense does stall is a pretty good weapon. Um, He did great on holds, including the game-winning field goal by Tyler Bass, which I think way more people were watching Ariza than watching Bass at that moment, which I thought was pretty hilarious. So um, the Bills had a really nice preseason opener, even if questions remain about that second-team offense. Again, I don't, you know, Jameson Crowder doesn't let too many slip through his hands like he did on the first interception from Case Keenum. You know, they marched down the field on their first drive you know, against this starting defense of the Colts. So there are some things that worry me and some things that don't. And the Bills' second teamers up against the Colts' first teamers is not really something that concerns me at this moment in time. When we come back from this quick break, we've got your questions. Don't go anywhere. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to The Future of Work, a PropGPod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the PropGPod wherever you get your podcasts. All right, let's head over to this week's Twitter question of the week from P. Martz, 
who says, Do you see the Bills using James Cook and Khalil Shakir for kick returner and punt returner duties like we saw in the game? I think it's a very strong possibility. I thought Tavon Austin had a shot to take over those those roles early in training camp. He got a little bit nicked up during training camp and lost some time, but for whatever reason, isn't really the leader there and uh, didn't really see that action against the Colts. As you indicated, it was James Cook taking back the opening kickoff. He had a you know decent return, 20 yards, and then Raheem Blackshear and Duke Johnson each had two kickoff returns later in the game. So they went with the running backs there. And then for the punt return, it was Khalil Shakir first, and then Blackshear and Johnson each got one punt return as well. Since we know Blackshear and, and Johnson aren't going to make the roster, like you said, it it looks like James Cook and Khalil Shakir right now. Uh, there is a caveat there. I think that uh, Isaiah McKenzie still could be in the running for that kick returner job. I don't think they're going to put him back there on punt returns. I think that's going to be Shakir's job. And I said as much in my 53-man roster projection from late last week at the end of training camp. It uh, just felt like they weren't going to keep Austin unless he won both of those jobs outright. And so Shakir's been the one uh, going through those, whether it's the return of the blue and red scrimmage or now the preseason game. I think Shakir has, you know, at least edged ahead in the punt return competition. He could still lose that with a muff or, you know, a fumble here or there against the next two preseason opponents or in practice, which we won't see. Uh, but I think he's clearly the front runner right now at that punt returner job. Um, which is interesting because I had this conversation on Twitter after the draft. Like, for as many words as Brandon Bean said about Khalil Shakir and how lucky they were to have him after the draft, they never mentioned his return abilities when they were talking about him and his role on the team. He talked about how he could play inside and outside. He talked about all the good things he did as a receiver, never mentioned the return ability. So it's interesting to see that he's um, he's being propelled into that role. And, and when you look into... You know, the past, Stefan Diggs started his career as an electric punt returner for the Minnesota Vikings. So, I mean, it, I'm not saying Khalil Shakir is going to be Stefan Diggs, but like he could still have a really important role on this offense in the future if he's the punt returner in 2022. James Cook, on the other hand, um, I wasn't expecting him to be uh, the kick returner. And like I said, I still think there's that caveat in there about Isaiah McKenzie, who didn't really who didn't play in this game at all, uh, could end up being that primary kick returner but no Marquez Stevenson because he's on the injured list right now um, he'll probably go on to injured reserve at some point whether or not it's after the initial 53-man roster is going to determine whether he can play again in 2022 if they put him on IR now he's out for the whole season if they wait put him on the initial 53-man roster cut somebody else and then the next day, place him on injured reserve. He could come back in four weeks, or they could just keep him on the inactive list um, moving forward as long as they want. Um, so that kind of wraps up the returner conversation. I don't think they're going to end up using an additional roster spot on that position right now. And I think that's really good news for the Bills. It's good news for a guy like Isaiah Hodgins, who we talked about earlier. It's good news for you know, the fifth and sixth linebackers, it's good news for the 10th offensive lineman um, that the Bills aren't going to have to use a dedicated roster spot for a returner. Thanks for your question on Twitter. We're over there at Rumblings Q&A.
over to our text line at 716-508-0405. Greg from Syracuse chimes in for the first time in a few months. Thanks for texting us, Greg. He said, now that we've had a glimpse of our depth players, what position groups do you think will be the best and worst at handling a major injury? Thanks. Well, I think the running back room is a really solid room right now. I think you could march out Devin Singletary, James Cook, Zach Moss, um, and really get solid value from any of those three guys. Plus, I think Raheem Blackshear and even Duke Johnson showed some nice tape late in the game as well. And so if you get one of those guys onto your practice squad, or even both of them if you really want, you could have you know three to five guys that could really be productive even if one of them goes down to a major injury, which is what you are asking about. So I think the best position group for a major injury to happen would be running back because they have so many quality options. And they've invested a lot in that position. They've got a second round pick and two third round picks in that mix. So that should be a group with a lot of depth. Um, let's be honest with that. So um, I think running back is that number. Wide receivers very close to it as well. You've seen great things out of a number of wide receivers on this Buffalo Bills team. And so that's another group that I think has tremendous depth, tremendous depth. For the group that couldn't handle a major injury, I'm actually ping-ponging back and forth between several. But the only position that I think the Bills are realistically looking at adding a depth option right now is at cornerback. So I'll say cornerback right now because if they lose a Dane Jackson, if they lose Kair Elam, their depth is incredibly thin at that position, until, at least until Tredavious White comes back and even after Tredavious White comes back. So I just haven't loved what I've seen from the cornerbacks so far. Um, I, I like them as depth options. I like them as you know, room to grow options, but you know, I don't really want Christian Benford starting week one if we can avoid it. So I think cornerback is the position that they could least afford to handle a major injury, and I think you would see them pretty quickly turn toward a free agent option at that point. Tight end is another position that I think is a little bit suspect. They've got several great depth options, but if they lose Dawson Knox for an extended period of time, I haven't been impressed enough by O.J. Howard to think that the Bills' offense wouldn't lose a step. Um, they would have to adjust their offense if if Dawson Knox was injured, which is not what I was saying earlier this offseason when they signed O.J. Howard. I said, like, this is a, a chance for if they lose a Dawson Knox, they still have another guy they can plug and play, you know, promote Tommy Sweeney up into that tight end two spot where he's been okay the last couple of years. Not great, but okay. And you know, they can just keep rolling. But I don't know if we can keep rolling if Dawson Knox goes out for an extended period of time with O.J. Howard. So those are the two position groups I'm looking at right now that can least afford a a long-term major injury. Linebacker's another position, like, but I've been encouraged by what I've seen from Terrell Bernard, and, you know, they have experienced depth pieces behind them that they could go out and sign a Markel Lee after they cut him if that's what happens or you know even Joe Giles Harris Andre Smith will be coming back from suspension after six weeks so you know they have a little bit more depth pieces at linebacker they wouldn't be great 
but they'd be okay. And AJ Klein's still out there if they really want him to as well. So um, I'll, I'll stick with the cornerback and tight end positions for right now and go from there. Thanks for that question at our text line at 716-508-0405. We have a special episode coming at you next week. It's my 2022 season preview with my kids. Because I'm going to be away on family vacation next week, I'm pre-recording that. So if anything wonky happens in this game on Saturday, August 20th, I apologize. We will not be discussing it on Rumbling's Q&A next week. It's my season preview with my kids. It'll be fun. Uh, it'll be lighthearted. And I'm looking forward to sitting down and recording with them a little bit later this week. If you like our shows, please, please share them with a friend or go over to your favorite podcast feed, the iTunes page, and like and subscribe, whatever. Um, leave a comment for us there. Tell us what you like about our shows. Uh, it really means a lot to grow our fan base if you can share your thoughts either with a friend or on a page like that. You can leave your questions for our return episode after the second Bills preseason game by going over to our voicemail line at 716-508-0405. You can tweet us at rumblingsq&a. That's with the word and spelled out in the middle. You can email us, buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. There are plenty of ways to get in touch with the show and share your questions like Greg did, like PMARTS did, like so many others have done over the last years we've been running our show. Share your questions with us. We'll answer them when I get back from my vacation. Thanks for listening. And as always, go Bills.